Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Wednesday morning. We are glad to be back with you. Sorry that we missed yesterday. There just wasn't anything going on. We showed up to to create you all a show. We did. And then we ended up sitting here for an hour and not making a show. No, we did. We did exactly what you just said. Yeah, we just did. I enjoyed your company. Well, appreciate that. Uh, We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in every day at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Always appreciate everybody tuning in. While you're tuned in, while you're not doing anything during quarantine, why don't you uh, take a moment of your time? And go over to uh, wherever it is you review podcasts and give us that five-star review. We would appreciate that even more. I want to thank you guys for listening, though, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us and, of course, our medical personnel here at home. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House. who They tweeted out the other night that Churn and Swin will be back soon. They did. And that got me excited because I still have this gift card. (laughs) It's ready. That's that gift card. It's burning a hole in my pocket. (laughs) I'm ready to go get some ice cream. That was uh, what Shane tweeted out about being soon. That's what that's what we call in the biz. A, it's a, a tease. tease. A tease. Yeah. So, and then, you know, we may be talking about some other things about the business very soon. We may have a swerve. Could have a run-in. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If we have a run-in, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see who it is. Uh, but anyway, there's no swerve when you go to uh, Strange Brew Coffee House. Only delicious uh Hot and cold beverages, whatever it is you want to use to get through your day. Just because you're quarantined doesn't mean you're without caffeine. By God, I've got it. I'm so excited I got that. I finally got it to work. Uh, anyway, check them out. University Drive, go to the walk-up window. Highway 12, go to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House. If you haven't bought a gift card yet from uh, College Corner, you are missing out because you can be making yourself a little bit of money. All you've got to do is go to collegecornerstore.com and search for gift card on the search bar there on their brand new website. And then you're going to get 30% off that purchase. So you can buy a $100 gift card for $70. That is, it, it doesn't get any easier or it doesn't get to be a better deal than what College Corner is doing for you guys right now. So please check them out. And also forget, don't forget on top of that, if you want to buy some baseball-related items, anything in the M over S, it's 25% off of there. So I don't remember the percentages, but you can save a lot of money doing that right now. Go to collegecornerstore.com. You can get your Christmas shopping done in May and save yourself a lot of money for those Bulldogs in your life. Our good friends over at Vantage Business System know that even as things are starting to maybe wind down a little bit in this quarantine, it's still about keeping your employees safe. If you want to keep them working remotely, you may need to give Advantage Business Systems a call. They know what to do. They know the setup. They can get those devices that your remote workers need. They can get the virtual meetings going to consult you with any business technology needs. 45 years of experience in this state working with Mississippi State. Please give them a call today at 844-833-6245 or just visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Oh, yeah. I was feeling those reads. Yeah, you were, man. You you were pumped up going through that. I mean, you were a five-star ad reader. You know, I I am a five-star ad reader. Yeah. I won't even lie about it. Nobody's a hundred times better than you when it comes to that. 
I'll guarantee that. <laughs> I promise. No, I guarantee it. Well, before we get into the rumblings, we got one other thing to do. Speaking of recruiting in five stars, although it's not a five star. Old cold bucket of water Joel over there. <laughs> but he is the top-rated player in the state of Mississippi. That's correct. Keandre Montgomery, we've been talking about this for a... It feels like at least a month now, maybe longer, uh, out of Forest Hill High School, who I learned today, I learned today, are no longer the Rebels. They're the Patriots. So they, they changed that. I, did, I didn't know that until I saw a picture of him today. I was like, oh, they're the Patriots now. Um, I have no idea how long that changed. It could have been 20 years. When I lived in Jackson, in that area of Jackson, they were the Rebels. So that's all I know. Um, a three star, six foot six, or th- four star on twenty four seven, three yeah. star composite on composite. And you look at his composite score; he is a tenth of a point, like from being a four star player. Yeah. I mean, not that that you know automatically makes him better, but you know it just sort of is what it is. Um, another wingman. This is a, this class has three. A wing- lot of wingmen. <laughs> I mean, who who's going to the bar? We got a lot of wingmen. <laughs> who's Maverick in this? I don't know. I guess it's De- Devion, Devion Smith. Devion Smith, yeah. Um, now, here's the thing. In this day and age of college basketball, <coughs> it's not that big a deal to me. Play small. Run the floor. Be fast. But you know, I thought last year State had the, the, the opportunity to do that, and they didn't. They played a very slow half-court game. I don't think you're going to be able to do that this year unless Tolu Smith is somebody that, you're not, that I'm currently not expecting him to be, unless he's like a, a Reggie Perry type. Yeah, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's quite a a tag to put on a kid don't you think <laughs> yeah so i don't I, I agree with you i, I think that well, this you, is likely to be a, a group that that you run the floor with and, and just let them show their athleticism and you know hopefully hit some shots maybe get to the basket you know do multiple things well and i mean let's not forget here I, i'm not calling it by any stretch of the imagination i mean there's still that chance that robert woodard walks back through that door very true possible um which Further emphasizes the fact they probably need to be running the floor. And don't don't forget, you know, you say that it's too much, maybe too much to ask. It's possible, but at the same time, you know, you lost Mario Austin, and then Lawrence Roberts came in and he didn't really miss a beat. Yeah. So it's 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 happened before at Mississippi State. We'll see if it happens again. Um, State's class. It's it's interesting. You know, you're talking about a four. You've signed what four guys now? But it's still it's only ranked 40th in the country. I mean, it's just basketball recruiting is so weird. To me, because you mean if you get two, if you had the number one and the number two players in the country, you're going to have the number one class. Yeah, but in football, that would not be the case. You know, it, it, it's you got to get more. So, well, there's so few guys. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, but still, two spots left, right? If I did the math right, there's two spots left, but you hold one could one, be Woodard. One could be Woodard, and then you, they have one more regardless. Yes. So that I would imagine you got to think it's another transfer, right? I'd be my guess. Think, you know, I can't imagine there's a high school guy still out there at this point. Um, I mean, no offense to whoever that may be, but it'd be a complete project, you would think, if it was. You'd get you know, another like, Quentin Post kind of guy. Yeah. You know? Maybe, do you do that? you look in the overseas market? I don't know if that's a capability, a possibility or not. But I have to think they're, they've got one more transfer up their sleeve somewhere, and then you hold out hope for Woodard. And then if Woodard doesn't go, you go transfer again. Or I don't know, maybe at the point you just go best available. You know, just, you got to... 
at that point, because we're talking about that might be two or three weeks from now, I mean, what's left to get? You're sort of, you know, sort of picking through the bins at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But Montgomery's something, there's something to be said for what you said. You got the top player in the state. And you know, that's been a, a tradition in Mississippi yeah. State for the well, most part. Well, you got part. the top two players in the state. Yeah. But, I mean, you go back, you know, Woodard was the top player in the state. Yeah. Nick Weatherspoon was the top player. Malik Newman and Quindary Weatherspoon were the top players in the state. Tyson Carter, I think, was the top player in the state his 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 senior year. I could be wrong. So they've been doing a good job of that, you know, keeping the, the – the, 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 when, when there has been an elite guy in the state, state the Mississippi has done pretty good. I guess DJ Jeffries was the top guy last year, and he got away. But that's just sort of is what it is. So – Again, uh, Keandre Montgomery finally uh, gets the job. I know that Paul Jones told me he was he was so happy this was done. <laughs> it's just been a process. This guy's been on the fence about committing, not not on the fence about committing. He wanted to beat Mississippi State, but as far as making his announcement, it's been in the works for a few weeks, from what I've been told. So, it sort of is what it is. All right. Well, it's done now. Pen to paper. Yes, we can we can all move forward. Everybody with our lives. can continue on. Let's move on into the rumblings. Thanks to you to our friends at Welcome Home Beef, who I will be seeing later today. Uh, I got to go pick up some uh, of their incredible ribeye steaks. That's what we uh, were doing for Mother's Day at my house. Uh, so I, I said, so "You got ribeyes?" They were like, "We got ribeyes." So grilling, like, grilling, or oh, in the pan, in the pan. pan. Yeah, gr- you, gr- I knew you were a pan guy. But I'm grilling know. on Saturday, not steaks. I'm doing something different on Saturday, and uh, sat- Sunday I'll just do the pan. Yeah. Steak in the pan, that's the way to go. You know what Nelly would say if he came to your house? Let me see your grill. Who? <laughs> the rapper Corey, Nelly? Yeah. Let me see your grill. Let me see your what? <laughs> what? I feel like Brandon Walker. What? What's happening right now? What's happening right now? Just one of my crappy jokes. Continue on. Yeah. To yeah. a place that's not crappy. No, it's on, quite the opposite. It's fantastic in every way, shape, and form. Uh, and you can enjoy steaks the same way I'm going to do it this weekend. It's simple. You call 662-418-2021 or just go online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. Place your order. They will bring it straight to your car. They ship anywhere that you need to have beef shipped to you. So if you need beef, if you need meat in your life, and quite frankly, we all do, even vegetarians. Vegetarians, you know, they, they, they want steak. Vegans, they, they want to have steak. They, they, vegans, in, their, in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I could go for a steak. I'd feel bad about it, you know. If meat is murder, well, then murder is delicious. That's all I'm saying. So, go for it. Call Welcome Home Beef today, 662-418-2021. You okay over there? <laughs> Just watching you, watching you make the magic happen over there. You there you go. You know what they say about murder, don't you? Just tastes good. <laughs> Did All you right. really not know the 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 Nelly Grill song? It took me a second. I, I didn't. I don't know that song. Some of the. But it took me a second. Well, you said Nelly. I was just like, yeah. who the hell is Nelly? <laughs> I don't know who he's talking about. He's lost it over there. All right, what do we got here? We got the rumblings, and it is our first ever. I know some of y'all are upset, but you're just gonna have to get over it on this one. We have our first ever pro wrestling edition. Of the rumblings, a topic that is near and dear to the heart, the hearts of uh, both Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman over there, and it's very polarizing to our it listeners is. for whatever reason. Well, it's been polarizing to uh, some of our producers and stuff in the past. In the past, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, why is that? Like, I got, that's my first rumblings question. Why is it polarizing? Like, because wrestling for so other TV shows, right? Seinfeld, uh, Cheers, whatever. There was never any gray area, right? Yeah. You know, they were just TV shows. And wrestling for so long portrayed itself as, no, this is real. 
and then you found out it wasn't real. And I think there's a stigma to that. There's like, you guys actually believed it was real. And there, there are some people today who are still like, you guys believe this is real. I know it's not real. Yeah. I know it's just a television show. It's no different than any other, you know, fake television show. Not fake, but scripted television show that's on there, right? They have characters, you know, and it's so, it's so weird. Like, if you saw Shawn Michaels, his name is not Shawn Michaels. Michael Shawn Hickenbottom. Exactly. But... And Arn Anderson talked about this on his podcast. He's Arn. He doesn't go by Marty. And, but that's just the name of his character. Yeah. So it's sort of weird like that. Like, I don't think Ted Danson was going around telling people he was Sam Malone. So there's just, there's a stigma to it because at one time we all thought it was real. And then it became sort of like, well, I'm smarter than you. I know it's, I know it's not real. I know that, I know that in a real fight, Brock Lesnar would kick everybody up and down the ring. There would be no, no chance for a guy like, AJ Styles, who's a, I'm sure is a relatively tough guy, to win a fight with Brock Lesnar. It's not possible. But it's just a show. And, yeah. and it's enjoyable at what it's done right. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Our first question comes from Justin Strawn. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a question that we, we just sort of hit on. And it's only his only question of the day. You can tell Justin, as he says, is not a huge wrestling fan. But we appreciate the question yeah. as always, Justin. The only time I ever watched wrestling was as a kid. I completely lost interest somewhere around 10. I imagine most people get hooked as kids. If someone hasn't lost interest by a certain age, they're probably hooked. What age do you think that is? I think if you're still watching wrestling as a teenager, you're going to watch it your whole life. Unless something unusual happens. Probably so. I don't want to say watch it, but I think you will forever kind of somewhat pay attention to it. To to religiously watch it, see, I don't know. Because I, I know a lot of... A lot of guys that when I was coming up through high school and stuff watched it, and now they don't. Um, so I mean, they, I know a lot of go, uh, guys that were teens that watched it, you know, Rock Austin, yeah, Attitude Era, yeah, and now don't, yeah. So, but I, I think a lot of the, I had one of these guys the other day that I watched it religiously when we were in high school, yeah. Um, he no longer really watches it, but he he just texted the other day and was like, so I was flipping through and wrestling was on. Of course, the pandemic, it's about one of the only things yeah. that's still live on. Yeah. Um, and he stopped to watch. And he was talking about, I think it was actually Triple H he was talking mm-hmm. about. But anyway, he, he was just talking about how... That's the thing, with wrestling, so he though, still pays attention to what I'm saying. It's easy to get saying. back into. Yeah. You know, because for the most part, there's always going to be a familiar face. If you were a fan of the Attitude Era, The Undertaker and Triple H are still around. Mm-hmm. You know, or Jericho is still around. Yep. So, you know, it, there's always going to be a familiar... If you were somebody who, were in, you know, you got out when you were an 80s fan, you came back in the 90s, well, yeah. man, all those guys are still around. Yeah, and if you flipped it, now may be a bad time to say this because it's different week to week with the pandemic, but... On a normal Wednesday night, if you were an Attitude Era fan, I mean, you flip it past AEW now, and you hear Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. Yeah, you hear so the you hear familiar the, voices. It's the same voices you listen to exactly. in the late nineties. Exactly. Yeah, and it also helps. You know, do you have somebody to watch it with? If you're watching wrestling by yourself, you know, it, it, you don't have anybody to talk about. If all your friends are like, "I don't like wrestling," it's tough to stay in. But if you got a good group of friends that like wrestling. Then you can stay in forever, which is really easy on the Mississippi State. Yeah, beat, it's easy. By the if way. you come to Mississippi State, beat you got wrestling fans. But because what are there? Well, there are four of us, right? That like wrestling. Yeah, me, you, Robbie, and Logan. and Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you always have somebody. Uh, speaking of Robbie, he's he's calling right this second. My God, uh, we're trying to work here, Robbie. Uh, should we answer and welcome him on the show, or just you want me to tell? Hold tell off? We should tell him to call that number and just put, <laughs> just him, put him, on. him on. What do you want? Let's <laughs> uh, not let's not mess with him. All right. But anyway, yeah, it's pretty easy because there's always somebody to get your references. Um, 
And, and I don't think even, like you and I, I mean, Raw happened last night. I, don't, I hadn't watched it. I don't I know when I'll watch it. I, I'll probably go back and DVR I, it, you know, I'm, fast forward I'm to it. I don't WWE. But what I'm saying is, even the ones that, like you and I, I don't know that we religiously, it's on until we're watching it, but yeah. we, we keep up. Yeah. We always know the reference. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of deal. So it's just yeah. kind of fun. Exactly. To, Kick back and forth. All right, Steven Sprawberry has what my favorite old school wrestler was the Junkyard Dog. Who's your favorite pre Hogan Nature Boy timeline wrestler? Ooh, so that's gonna be difficult for you. Yeah, because, because you're I mean I'm I was born in '85. I yeah. mean I was born right when Hulkamania was kicking up. Like for me, I watched I watched Mid South wrestling as a kid. So Terry Taylor, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, Wildcat Wendell Cooley, um, you know DiBiase and uh, and uh, Dr. Death were the heels. Yeah. Um, I love when Jake the Snake turned face and he was teamed up with the Barbarian and the Barbarian turned on him. So oh, that's one of those one of those weird things that I will never forget in my life. I don't know why it's stuck in my head, but I'm watching Saturday morning wrestling and Jake the Snake is getting beat up by the Nightmare, Danny Davis, and Lord Humongous, who of course mm-hmm. is Sid Vicious. He used to come to the mat the rings with the with the hockey mask on. And they're tearing him up, and then the barbarian runs in. So he's face-to-face with Lord Humongous. I'm just like, this is going to be awesome. And then the Barbarian turned on Jake, and I was so mad. <laughs> I, was, I was like, this was going to be the greatest thing ever, and they ruined it. Uh. <laughs> and I was, of course, mad because I, why would the Barbarian, why would you turn on your friend, Jake? And, you know, I didn't know. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know life without Hulk Hogan and Ric yeah, Flair. Yeah. Like, who was the first, was Flair the first guy you just really got into? Flair was the first guy that I just kind of... Well, probably my first ever just favorite wrestler that I would identify as that was, you know, Sting. Like, blonde-haired surfer Sting. Okay. I was a big Sting guy, I guess, coming Sting up. Sting was... was if you, especially if you watched WCW, was the guy. Yeah. For, for He was the guy who sold merchandise and was for the kids more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, and, and I guess he really started to... I think it was 88 or so when he and Flair had that... Uh, oh, yeah. Great American Bash, I believe it was. That sounds right, yeah. Somewhere around. Anyway... Uh, so, I mean, yeah, for basically my entire life, Sting, and I was more of a WCW guy growing up, so yeah, he was more of my yeah. guy, but but Hogan and Flair were obviously, I mean, he he's, I don't want to say he's the generation after them, but he's kind of like a step under them a little bit. He he, he is a bridge between... That generation and, and the next. And the next, yeah. 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 Uh, Jason has some questions for us. Rank these wrestling factions, the NWO, DX, the Bullet Club, the Undisputed Era, the Four Horsemen. NWO's the, number one. Oh, no. What? Really? Change the business. I'll put the Four Horsemen number one. I mean, if we're just going strictly on the coolest kind of... Yeah, but if we're talking about, like, influence... If, and in terms of, of influence, stuff, I'll give you that. Okay. Because NWO... Without NWO, there is no DX. Okay. You, so you I, go to a wrestling event well, the today... The Horsemen are second, though. Behind... The, the other had a DX. Yeah, I, I, I think I could go that route. But okay. my thing is, like, you still go to events today, you see NWO, NWO shirts. And shirts. Stuff. I, I just think it was revolutionary. Right. Okay. I would put the Undisputed Era ahead of the Bullet Club because the Bullet Club was only really big on the indies and in Japan. It never got a mainstream moment, really. I mean, they tried to do it sort of with the OC or whatever they did, the club, but it just never took off that way. So that, that's how we're, we're going to go NWO, Horseman, DX, Undisputed Era. The Bullet Club. I'm a Mark Crowder okay call, that. too. So. I'm okay with that. Rank these big moments. Daniel Bryan wins the title. Goldberg beats Hogan. Austin passes out in the sharpshooter. Lesnar beats the streak. 
Two of those, Joel T. Coleman was in, was in attendance for. Yeah, I was. At the same event. Same event. Yeah. That's an incredible... Th- I didn't never really thought about that. That's two of the biggest moments in wrestling history, and you were there. Yeah. At the a- same as was, as was Robbie, who just called me. Yeah. Um, as was Logan. As was Logan. I, I think Brandon Walker. Brandon Walker, when he was on the beat, was a big wrestling fan, too. Yeah. Was Brandon at that thing? I don't know if he... That was before I... See, really, Brandon, I mean, we have since met and know yeah. each other, but at that point in time, I don't know that I really knew okay. Brandon right when he left. I'll have to ask him. Okay. I'm going to put, this is going to sound weird, Goldberg beating Hogan is sort of last. It happened on a random Monday night. Yeah. You know, I mean, WCW did a really poor job of promoting. That could have been the main event of Starcade. They could have built that for months. Instead, they just gave it away on a Monday night in August. Actually, on this, I'm thinking because that was right in the heat of the Monday Night War, though it was. But and, that was sort so, of like their last punch. It was. I guess what I'm saying here is, I, I would be tempted to put that ahead of, of Brian winning the championship. Okay, so Brian wins the title is is last. Maybe. Okay. Uh, then Goldberg beats Hogan. Lesnar beats the streak is second. Austin passing out in the sharpshooter is number one because it it made it Stone made Cold Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who he is exactly it turned him into a face, which it, it sparked the, the greatest era of it, wrestling, and it ever. sparked the resurgence of WWF. I'm cool with that list. Yeah. I, I, I like the Daniel Bryan moment, but to me, on that that list, yeah. it's last. Okay, rank these moves: super kick, pile driver, choke slam, power bomb. See, I'm fond of the super kick of Shawn Michaels. Super kick became is a my, fantastic. Became my guy. The problem with the super kick is it used to be a finisher, and now it's not. Now it's just, I mean, you watch the Young Bucks. They do it, and, they do it like five yeah. a, a match. Yeah. And the Usos do it a bunch, too. Arn, Arn Anderson talks about this a lot. It's mm-hmm. like the super kick used to be like, that was a stopper. And now guys just d- dole them out. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. The there, power bomb is probably the best of that group, I think. Was pile driver on there? Yeah, but nobody does pile driver. Nobody. Anymore. You know. Because uh, it's, it's dangerous. It was banned. I, th- I think WWE, WWE banned, it. banned it for a long time. You know, they still they would let Undertaker do the Tombstone mm-hmm. because that's, because you have more control. Yeah, that I, way. And you know, Austin Owen Hart snapped his neck pretty yeah, much. Uh, exactly. Snapped Austin's neck yeah. doing a pile driver. I'm going to go power bomb. Super kick is two. Choke slam pile driver. I'm okay with that. Okay, we got some. We got agreement here tonight. That's good stuff. Brian McDuff wants to know why hasn't CM Punk joined AEW? It seems his hatred of WWE would make the move a no, over a no-brainer. Well, probably if I had to guess, because Fox is probably paying him out the wazoo yeah, a ton to do of that, money to do, nothing. and he's not having to wrestle. Yeah, he's, if he came if he came to AEW and didn't wrestle, it wouldn't make sense. It makes his role on WWE at least makes sense, right? He he's, shows up like once a month and and kind of and sort of makes fun events and stuff. Yeah, but in AEW they would expect him to go head to head with Jericho. And, and Moxley and be, and be in that mix. And maybe he doesn't want to do that. I don't know. Orange Cassidy is insanely over, but also very polarizing. Do you think it's possible he could keep his gimmick and become a superstar? Jericho talked about this on his podcast. He thinks that they could put the belt on Orange Cassidy and people would love it. See, that's where for me, even, I, they're going to have to push him to a level to where, to me, that's believable. Because right now... Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy is a really good act that I look forward to seeing on my television screen. Yeah. I don't buy him as he, one of the best. He also in the hasn't world. talked. Yeah, he, he, you have to talk to be the, the champion, or at least have a mouthpiece. And the, the the two best friends, I like those guys, but they're not good enough to be, you know, to, to be that. Well, my thing is, I don't think a legit one hundred percent almost comedy act, which is what Orange Cassidy is for the most part. He's a comedy act. Mm-hmm. I don't think that flies as the world champion to me. 
Yeah. Hey, tell me anybody that just... I mean, that'd be like Santino Morella being the world champion, which he had a moment he was the uh, in, the, in the Royal Rumble back a few years ago Yeah, where it was... I mean, people were kind of rooting for him to win, but I think in the same vein, I mean, people would root for Orange Cassidy in a world title match. Mm-hmm. But to me, when you put the belt on a, a comedy act, yeah, it's kind of like, give me a break. Because... Like if Santino Morella had had won the world championship, you're sitting there thinking, is he really the best in WWE kind of deal? I mean, I think Orange Cassidy needs yeah. something, another layer to his character, maybe yeah. a hardcore match or something to yeah. prove yeah, okay. that he's not just a comedy act. And then maybe going. I buy it. I see where you're going. Uh, let's see here. Jared Gardner says, what are y'all's overall thoughts on wrestling as it stands today? I just can't seem to get back into it myself. Jared, I was right there with you before AEW came along. I, I, I really don't watch much WWE. I watch NXT. That's his other question. He's like, I'd like to get into NXT. Is that something I could just jump right into? Yes. I only watch NXT for the takeovers. NXT. Was, I don't watch it weekly. NXT's still okay. It was great when it was on just the network for an hour a week. Yeah. They, now that it's two hours every week on TV, to me, it, it's a little bit... Wrestling is one of those deals where, to me, the more there is, the worse it is. Well, you need, I mean, do you want to know why NXT is worse? Because... Somebody else's fingers are in it. Yes, that's very true. It's Vince's fingers. When Triple H was running it, it was fantastic. Yeah, but and you can you can just you could start watching NXT today and feel okay about it. Yeah, I. In all honesty, for me, when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, especially, mm-hmm. it's almost just habit now. Like I, I don't watch a ton of other shows. Yeah. Anyway, and and I don't know Raw and SmackDown is something I can fast forward through. Miss. All the crap I don't want to see, which is a lot of, which the is show. a lot of. So it's just, I don't know. It's something that's kind of easy to keep up with, but yet if it's not entertaining me, I can just zoom past it. But I, I've been watching it for so long, I almost feel like I'm obligated to to watch it at this point. One thing that AEW is doing better right now with all these without the, sh- the audience is WWE is still doing promos. Promos are for the audience, like they're there to get a reaction from the crowd. What AEW is doing is doing these videos, and yeah. they're doing stuff away from. And that's making more sense to me. Yeah, like the bubbly bunch, but it's happening. We we, are, in, we in need to do an homes. MSU Media Manitoba melee. Is yeah, what I'm saying I want to do that. That was, that was I was great. I was cracking up. It was it's funny. Yeah, and that's right now with wrestling. The the the, the biggest issue is Vince McMahon. He 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 is. He's just not in touch with what wrestling fans. Well, want he, he's the best thing that ever happened in wrestling, and now he's. Maybe the worst. Yeah. Like, I think you can have both. I think there's this reverence for Vince because of what he created and what it became and what he made it into. But at this point, I think it's very difficult to not say that he's destroying it. He's destroying the very monster that he built. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's just tough right now. It's tough to watch WWE. I, I don't watch a lot of WWE very much at all. Um, but I watch AEW every week. I don't ever miss it. So, uh, Let's see here. Ryan Nelson wants to know, what is your favorite belt of all time? I think you and I are probably going to agree on this. The big gold belt. The the, the Flair World Championship belt is the that best. Is, that, that, when I see that belt, that is the belt of the world champion. Yeah. I wish that was the belt today. Yeah, because, I mean, that was the – I mean, you think that, that went through all the great promotions. I mean, it was yeah. it was NWA, yeah. right? And, yeah. and then WCW. And, and, and every great champion wore it, except for Austin. I don't think Austin ever had it. But Flair had it. Hogan had it. Sting had it. Um, Dusty Rhodes had it. Um and then Triple H had it. Yeah. All those guys had that belt. 
Didn't Rock win it? The Rock won it as the WCW champion. And, of course, Jericho beat Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. But Austin is, if I'm correct, the only wrestler to never wear the big gold belt. When when you're talking about big names, obviously. Yeah. And the legit one has like that bend at the top. Yeah. It's like bend at the the tip top. With the nameplate on it and everything. Yeah, it's great. Um, My second favorite, though, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe uh, this is totally random. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is like my respect for it. I just liked it. Mm -hmm. That smoking smoking skull skull belt belt that Austin had. I love the old WWF Eagle belt. Yeah. That's a good looking belt. The one today looks I think terrible. of Bret Hart when I say that thing. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever... So it's, well, it's funny how you associate certain people with the belt. I, like, I associate Flair with, Flair with the big, with big belt. gold belt. Yeah. yeah. I, I associate Hogan with it if it says it's NWO, NWO across yeah. it. Yeah. If he's spray painted. Uh, have you ever met a wrestler? Yes. Yes. Several. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll try I met, and go through all of them. I met Terry Taylor when I was a little kid. I sat in Terry Taylor's office chair and did a job interview with TNA. Did you? I did not yeah. know this. For an internship. Did you put Godfrey down as a reference? I went to, I did not, this is where I even knew who Stephen Godfrey was, but uh-huh. um, I, I went up there to Nashville to interview for an internship with TNA. Dixie Carter was leaving the building as I got there to go for like a, a run or a jog or yeah. something. Um, I walked in and, and uh, I can't remember who the nice lady, but anyway, she she kind of did the interview, so to speak, but she was looking for somewhere to do it and she's like oh terry's not in his office so we went in terry taylor's office wow was there a lot of cool and, stuff in uh, there? i don't really recall there being anything that stood out to me as being like oh that's neat look at that yeah um but anyway i sat behind his desk in his chair mm-hmm. and she sat like on the other side that's weird it okay. was weird she she told me to go sit over there so I was like, okay and uh what were you interviewing for it was like a marketing um internship or something how different TNA. would your life be if you had gotten that job that's very, crazy to think about probably very but you wouldn't be sitting here Probably not. No. Um, anyway, she talked, and I, you know, we talked for thirty minutes or mm-hmm. so. Got up and left, and she's like, "We're we're really impressed. We'll we'll be back in touch with you, and I, I think we'll be seeing a lot of." Like she basically made on my way think- out made me think, "Well, I'm fi- about to be in Nashville for a few months." Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And later got an email that said I didn't get it. <laughs> I wonder. If, I wonder if Godfrey got that job. <laughs> he could have. I don't know. That would be interesting. It may have been at the same time. I don't, I don't have that's, any idea when Godfrey funny. started. So and of course, Ryan Nelson and I were in the ESPN zone in Atlanta once for a bachelor party. We were during the day. We were just eating and drinking and playing video games when uh, Disco Inferno and Kevin Nash walked in. Really? <laughs> and I'll never forget. Ryan looked at me and said, "I think that's Kevin Nash." <laughs> and I looked at him. I was like, "How many seven foot guys with hair like that you think there are in the world?" That is Kevin Nash. <laughs> but let's see how many. <laughs> he and Disco in front of over there drinking at the bar. <laughs> I, I, let me run through them. I, I probably won't hit them all, but I've, I've met a bunch. I, I've met Nash. Uh-huh. Um, and by meet, I'm I'm not going with people I've seen. I'm going with people I've shook right. hands with, took a picture right. with, whatever. Well, you've been to like Access and stuff too, right? Yeah. So yeah, so I, I met Nash. Uh, Jimmy Hart, mm-hmm. he came to WCBI when I was an intern. Yeah. And uh, we talked for a while. And Hulk Hogan called him as we were sitting there talking. Oh, wow. It, it, you know, now, Joel, I, I'm a little bolder now than I was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, now I'd be like, hey, can I talk to Hulk? Like, yeah. if I, you know, I did not do that at that time. No. But, but H- Hogan called Hart as I was sitting there talking to him. But uh, let's see, who else have I met? I met Kofi Kingston and mm-hmm. all the White family, Bray and Harper and Rowan and oh, yeah. Miz and Swagger wow. and Cesaro and... Some of these are access, but yeah, I mean, like I talked to Bray Wyatt for a little You've met while. Flair, but, right? Yes, I met Flair. Of course, I was young. Yeah, um, I you got a picture him, but, with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, you I need to tweet that out tomorrow. I talked with Bray Wyatt about playing college football because you know he played at, I think at, Troy. South, at Troy. I, was, yeah. I about said South Alabama, but yeah, it was Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's fun to talk to some Did, of these guys. Is it weird when you're talking to Bray Wyatt and he's out of character? He, yeah, he kind of acted like he didn't want to be there. This wasn't access, but I mean, he, he was obviously doing it. But what did he say about uh, you talking about Troy? No, uh, he, he was just basically had a, had a good time, good memories, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, he didn't Wyndham say Rotunda. Yeah, the son of Mike Rotunda and Barry Wyndham's sister. <laughs> was yeah. it you that tweeted out the other day when Rotunda got fired that they fired uh, IRS on tax day? I don't think I tweeted it, 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 was that's April, it was like April fifteenth. Funny as hell. Whenever he's they, on Twitter now, is he? Yeah. <laughs> Erwin R. Scheister. I'll tell you what. Otherwise known. Rowan um, Rowan just seemed like a... I, he may not be, but uh, Eric Rowan just seemed like a terrible human being. When really? I told, he, he was not friendly at all. Maybe oh. he just didn't feel good or something. Maybe so. Okay. Um, Dutch Mantel was very... Of course, he was... That was when he was the manager for Swagger Zeb and Coulter. Cesaro. Zeb yeah. Coulter. But yeah. he was pretty funny Dirty i sat Dutch. and talked to hornswoggle for about 15 minutes at access it was just me and him sitting in a only guy you towered over yeah this whole thing. We, we were sitting in this big old pit of like colored balls it was a skittles promo that's what it was <laughs> but he was in a terrible mood he was talking about how man i'm so ready to leave <laughs> i was just like you're telling me this paid this money to be here uh, that uh, sucks. but, but right. yeah it, uh, there's been several more too but ryan nelson again who was your first favorite wrestler the sting play. sting okay mine was terry taylor uh, who has the best and the worst nickname in wrestling? Stone Cold Steve Austin is probably the best nickname. That's not really his nickname. Though. That's his actual gimmick, like his actual name in wrestling. Is like when he, he when they announced Stone him, Cold. Though. I guess so. The Rock is a brother, obviously a good one. But see, I consider that their name in wrestling. Well, he was he, he was Rocky Maivia. Like here's what I think, and then they started about. calling him the Rock. That's true. I guess I'm thinking more along the line of like. Triple H was the cerebral assassin. Okay. And Edge is the ultimate opportunist. The rated R superstar is rated R superstar. Better for, you know what the worst one is to me? It just doesn't flow up. The Apex Predator. Yeah. It's like it doesn't work for me. The Viper's better. The Viper is great. And they call him WWE's Apex Predator for and I'm like, I don't get it. The uh, franchise for both Shane Douglas and Sting, I guess. The franchise Shane Douglas was some of the best heel work ever. What wrestler needs a push? Oh, I don't watch WWE enough to know anymore. I mean, the, well, I, guess, I feel like AEW does a good job of pushing guys. Um, I don't know. I could tell you a lot of guys that they they missed out on. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're like, doing it right now. You're seeing them on Wednesdays. I mean, Rusev, they could have pushed him to the moon. Yeah, if they'd wanted he was to. so hot. He it, was over. Anybody who gets themselves over is not allowed to be over. Simple as that. Yeah. All right. Double A, Andy Atkinson. On a recent episode of AEW Dynamite, the empty arena match between Moxley and Hager went out of the ring and started using the security railings. JR asked, why are there security railings if nobody's here? Why were the railings there? Chris Jericho answered this last week on AEW Dynamite. He said, so you can run your opponent into them. <laughs> Here's how you can make that work in your mind, though. Yeah. There's a good chance that when Major League Baseball starts back mm-hmm. here in a... You, like, yeah. You know, you're still going to have nets and security nets, and still going to have security still gonna, people. They're going to have walls and stuff up, yeah, like for no reason. To me, that that ringside barrier yeah. is almost like blocking in the field, yeah, so to speak. Exactly. So you just got to have it. That's just part of exactly. It. Jericho on commentary, by the way, that's is, great. He's better than he is as a wrestler, which is saying something. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. When he's talking about Pineapple Pete, I laugh every time. 
There's Pineapple Pete. Somebody hit him. Just <laughs> cracking me up. <coughs> Another one from Double A. Is this the best GIF to come from the wrestling world recently? Uh, it's it's uh It was Lesnar. It's Lesnar going big question. big boy. Big boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's up there. It's pretty good. That's it's a good one. I like the one too of a few years ago with Lesnar and Undertaker. Whenever they started laughing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's one. a good one. That's a good one. It, the one with Cena where he's like all confused. Uh-huh. I use that one quite a bit. Um, or the Edge one where he's like looking through the ropes. Uh-huh. That's a good one. Uh, and of course, anyone with Austin or The Rock is, is going to be good. Uh, double last one from a double A here. I'm sorry, no, it's two more. Uh, if you can only choose one of these former Intercontinental champs to have a run as world champ, who would you choose? Ricky Steamboat, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect. Roddy Piper, Razor Ramon, or Owen Hart. Rick Rude actually was a world champion, as was Ricky Steamboat in WCW. So we're going to take them out, even though they've both been great. Rick Rude. Rude was a WCW world mm-hmm. champion? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Rude might have been the greatest heel, by the way, of all time. I'm, I mean, he's in the he's in the, the pantheon. I was going to say I would have loved to have seen a championship run with Piper. Just because I was going to say that, yeah. I, I just feel like his mic work would have carried it. You know, Piper should have had a, a, a at least... One month with the belt in WCW. She, he should have been able to get the belt off of Hogan in the NWO. Yeah. I don't know about back in the 80s, because they wanted to keep the belt on Hogan. I get that. But he deserved to have one. Owen Hart would have been a great world champion. At the time. Razor Ramon, to me, is like the... I, I never really saw him as the top guy. You yeah. know, he was there with Sean and Diesel, and they were always just a little bit ahead of him, in my opinion. Last one here from AA. Do you recall the first moment during a match when you realized that something wasn't quite legit? Mine was a match in Georgia Championship Wrestling with Gordon Soley. Guy whips his opponent into the ropes, then bends over for a back body drop. It's telegraphed. The opponent comes off the rope, stops, and gently lifts his leg into the, next to the guy's head. No contact was made. There was a slight pause, then the guy that was kicked, quotations, flings himself backwards like he was kicked with such massive force. Was there a moment where you were just like, I don't think he's really doing anything? I can remember a moment where I knew that the whole thing was not legit uh-huh. and it happened in Ackerman, mississippi in the high in the the gym there uh-huh. you talked about nightmare danny davis yeah. earlier yeah, yeah he and i don't know what the what the promotion was but there was a, a wrestling event in the gym there at what's i guess now choctaw county elementary school but mm-hmm. ackerman elementary school there was a uh, that was where the high school basketball team played and stuff but anyway there was a wrestling event in there and my uncle was like part of the show he he had to look. I can't remember. I was pretty young, so I, my my details on this are foggy. But he was part of the show, and I want to say he may have like taken a stretcher up to the ring or something. Oh wow! And so he told us ahead of time, like, "Watch this. I'm fixing to be in." And and so I automatically you're like, "How did he know that kind of deal?" Yeah. And he's part of it. So it, it starts That's to click funny. with you that this whole thing is planned. That's <laughs> right. I never had a moment like that for much. But when I think back, at some, I used to buy all the wrestling magazines, mm-hmm. and it's like. They weren't really interviewing those guys. <laughs> like, like I, remember, I remember like reading something after Tito Santana had won the Intercontinental title at the press conference afterwards. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, you know, like in the '90s, anything wrestling was hot. Yeah. Like, mid and late '90s, but like those WWE magazines and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You have all these in-character interviews and stuff. Yeah. Even now, you know, 20, 25 years later, that would not sell. No, it wouldn't sell if, at if all. If you sold a magazine with in-character, inter- it, it, you would have to gear it specifically to kids. Yeah. A friend of mine, sort of going off your story, by the way, is a cop in Tupelo, and uh, he was at the Spring Stampede. Yeah, that was there. Ninety-seven. Yeah, I think. 
and he was one of the guys who got to arrest Scott Steiner. <laughs> remember, I don't know if you remember that. It was supposed to be the Outsiders versus the Steiners. Hall, I'm going to assume, was in rehab or something. And so only Nash was there. So they wrote Scott Steiner out by having him attack Nash before the match in the back. And the cops arrested him. And my buddy Bruce was one of the guys pulling him off and, and taking him out. <laughs> so he said he walked past the giant at one point. He's like, I've never seen a human being that looked like that yeah. ever. It's crazy how big he is. John Cotton, are you guys watching the Dark Side of the Ring series on Vice? I am. Joel has not. I, as, I've only seen the Benoit. Right. I, I saw both parts of the Benoit. I'm watching one tonight when I get home. It's the uh, Herb Abrams and the, the UWF, which was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. Mid-South became the UWF. So. See, I'm more interested in the ones. like I want to go back and watch the Brawl for All one and stuff. I'm more interested, really good. I'm more interested really good. In, in the ones of the, you know the, more the, my lifetime, yeah, my era. I mean, I've enjoyed them all, to be yeah. honest with you. I didn't know much about Gino Hernandez, but I thought that was very interesting. So, uh, Would wrestling be better if Vince sold the WWE? Well, it depends on who he sold it to, obviously. You know, you got to sell it to somebody who understands wrestling and wants to do the things the right way. Well, and it, if you sell it to somebody that doesn't understand wrestling, as long as they let somebody that understands it run it, yeah. you're good. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, prospective buyers, Joel and I are, are willing to work. But see, I, I can't imagine... That he'll never sell. Yeah, I feel like he's going to die, and Triple H is going to run it. The problem with that is, is Triple H going to run it, or is Shane going to run it? If Shane runs it, nothing's going to change. Because Shane is still putting himself into matches and trying to put himself over as his great wrestler, and it's really annoying. That's Shane McMahon is a big reason I've stopped watching a lot of WWE. Well, Shane hadn't been on there in forever. Well, that's good. But well, I mean, I can believe that though because there's a, there's a pandemic. He, he doesn't want to. Well, he went on there long before that. Okay, but I mean, just like when he first came back, it was fantastic. Like, that's one of the biggest pops ever. But when he started turning heel and, and he put himself into these matches and started putting himself over the talent, I'm just like, I can't, I'm not going to buy into this. Well, here's my thing. I, I think that, I may be speaking out of turn here, but I don't think he has much to do with the creative. He, I, I, I he mean, has he's to the, be able to he's say. The, he's his daddy's son. But a, he has to be able to say, look, I think this is a bad idea. I don't want to do that. Hey, what's, what are they going to tell him? You're fired? Now, now, he may have more stroke when it comes to that, but right. I think he's kind of He, he could out easily of be saying people, bit. like, look, I don't need to be going over our talent. I'm not going to do that. Because well, they're not going to fire him. So I, I don't, I'm not going to buy what you just sold me there. Well, I'm not telling you for 100% certainty that I'm Shut right. up! <laughs> You're fired! Life sucks, and, and then you die! It was me, Austin. <laughs> we do these all night. All right. Uh, the Mart wants to know, my buddy Marty. Most, like myself, are tired of Brock Lesnar. Let's rebrand him for a year or so. Say he runs in on a Fiend match as Lord Humongous. Yes, dressed just like the one in the 80s and attacks him. Could it work? I love the nostalgia character. I don't I don't know. The problem with that is everybody knows it's Lesnar because he's got that big <laughs> chest tattoo. It's not like he's, you know... I don't know how you would do it. It'd be kind of like the uh, the Hogan, Mister America, or like, like it, when, obviously even worse. Remember when they did Tenzan and yeah. it was just Albert? I remember Tenzan. Like, yeah, there was like, all right, they're building this guy up. He's this monster, and then he takes off his mask. I'm like, oh, it's Albert, <laughs> Prince Albert. Oh, okay, never mind, not interested. And then, of course, it bombed. It's difficult to repackage guys like that. I don't know what you do with Lesnar. Lesnar has built himself such you can't repackage him. Yeah, now. I don't know what you, you might I don't know change, what you do with him. You could change his character to some extent. But, yeah, he's kind of at a point where he just is what he is. Yeah. And the thing with Lesnar is, if he would, if he was a full time guy, 
people would love him. But, well, it, he, there's something you could do. If he was a full-time guy, that would help. And also, like, let's say he turned face and, like, turned around F5 Paul Heyman. You know? Yeah. All of a sudden, he, he's... Or he just runs out and he saves Drew McIntyre or something coming up. Like, something like that. You know? And it, he doesn't talk. You know, if you got on the mic, he could do cut one promos. Like, look, I'm tired of everybody else running my life. Blah, blah, blah. That, that, it could work. I don't know. Uh, Chris Nail says, Bis Big Man, Kamala, The Big Show, Dusty Rhodes, or Andre the Giant. We've got to take Dusty Rhodes out of this. Didn't wrestle like a big man. Didn't wrestle, you know, he didn't tower over his opponents the way those other three guys did. The most athletic of that whole crew is the Giant, or Big Show. The Big Show, yeah, by far. I mean, granted, he grew to a, a size later where he couldn't, but when he was the Giant, like... Yeah, when he was still trim. 96, 97, yeah. 98, he and could he, and he, come he, off the top rope and do and stuff. He's, like, and he's doing stuff now. He's, he's in much better shape, but there was a time, yeah, he was just a big, fat guy. Um, Andre the Giant is probably the best big man, obviously, because, yeah. I mean, he went like 20 years out losing. Yeah. So. Do you know that uh, when he was the his giant, his trophy was only this big. Hulk Hogan's <laughs> trophy was this big, brother. When he was the giant, he was like a big time smoker. Like he yeah. smoked all. Well, he the used to time. come to the ring smoking. Remember that? Yeah. And like they made it like a gimmick out of it. I forgot about that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's not that's not smart. That good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think he legit smoked a ton. Okay, Jimmy Spires. What is your favorite incarnation of Jericho? Ah. Uh, the current version the current one might is really be really good. Um, I, I did like when he was in WCW doing his darndest to get over. He he did get he over. Got it was just over. just nobody would with Greenberg. Uh, well, when there was that, I mean, you had you had a uh, Ralphus and and you had him standing on the Capitol steps. Yeah, uh, talking about conspiracies and all yeah, that whole yeah. nine yard like that that Jericho. Just cracked me up, man. Yeah, it's like, good stuff. And he's standing in the middle of the ring, uh, going through Dean Malenko, uh, every one of his holds. Hold number four on armbar. Arm <laughs> like, oh, that's great. The uh, the heel Jericho when he was like super, like in the suit and all stuffy, was really really good. the The stuff he was doing with Kevin Owens, where he was like when he had the list and all yeah. that. Yeah, that's high level stuff, man. I mean, he was really. I thought that might have been the best Jericho there, and then this new Jericho has been really, really and that's the way you got to be. You got to reinvent yourself. Are the and, young, he, and he is the best at that when it comes to. We were sitting there talking about Brock Lesnar, yeah, and can't uh, reinvent. Himself. It's like he can't, but Jericho, Jericho has been a different character almost every four, three or four years. He changes something, yeah, and it makes it work. There's a tweet, also from Jimmy Spires. Are the Young Bucks on the Mount Rushmore of tag teams in wrestling history? I say no to that. We have a question later that gives ask us to give that Mount Rushmore. It's just too. I mean, they haven't even been the AEW tag team champions yet. Yeah, and no, so no, that's that's a no for me. Uh, let's see here. Brock Turnipseed. Who are the top stables? Face or heel in wrestling history? We sort of went through that a minute. Is number there a one, good, to, number one to me is NWO. Is there a good face stable? Uh, like where the faces have have teamed up? The NWO Wolfpack. Yeah, when but, you I mean, had Nash, and but that's still kind of a, it. Feels like it's just like an offshoot, you know. Um, I mean, DX was they were a face, but they stable, started but as they heels started and as they heels. sort of went up and down a little bit. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not calling that a face stable. That's the thing about that's that's that's, the, that's how wrestling is done best. Though. You always have, the heels work together and the face is always alone. That's that's how wrestling sort of works. So we, we've got to be missing something here. There had to have been a good face stable. I mean, you know, like I mean, you always had like a friend, like Dusty Rhodes had Magnum TA, but they never had, they were never like a group really. 
Were they? I mean, is there anything? I mean, I guess you have the Elite right now. Yeah. That's about it, though. Slash the Elite slash the Nightmare family. It all kind of runs together. Yeah, it kind of runs together. All right, who's the Mount Rushmore of tag teams? I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to say the Road Warriors. Yeah, I agree. The Dudleys. I'm I'm still cool with that. The Brainbusters, Arn and Blanchard. And then for fourth, I could go between the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. I probably want to go Rock and Roll Express. Uh, honorable any, mentions. Any of those are good. The honorable mentions are whoever I don't take from the Expresses there. Uh, the New Age Outlaws. Um, to me, the Hardys and Edge and Christian have to be somewhere around. They're there. in that group. Uh, the Hart Foundation. Um, yeah, that's that, but that's my four. You know, like the the New Day now, I think has more t- more or as many world tag team title reigns than anybody. I think I can believe that though. Not, not more than the Dudleys. It may not be more than the, the Dudleys have. The Dudleys have won one everywhere. Yeah, I may just be thinking like just WWE. It might just be WWE. Tag yeah. Team. Um, but I wouldn't put them up there. Oh, I, I wouldn't. Too. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But I'm just. You know, we, you know who we left out of the top st- heel stable? I can't believe we did the fabulous Freebirds. Yeah, Michael P.S. Hayes and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, Buddy Jack Roberts, and then yeah. Jimmy. J- That's one of the few stables where they they took somebody out and put somebody else in, and it, it still worked. Yeah, all, they took speaking, out Buddy Jack and put in Jimmy Jam. Speaking of, like all the Von Erics and stuff, there's kind of yeah, but they're brothers. But they're brothers. They're a family. That doesn't really count. So if your family, it doesn't count as a stable. I can't. I mean, can you really count that? A stable to me is like a group that comes together a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you want, if you do, that's probably the choice. Then the Von yeah. Erichs. All right. Uh, let's see here. Sean Brown, more iconic Hogan match: Andre the Giant or Ultimate Warrior? Andre the Giant. Yeah, Andre the Giant's the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean. Ninety-three thousand people. I can hear people. Gorilla. Na- the immovable force meets the irresistible object. object. Yeah. Look at the size of the giant. <laughs> I love Jesse Ventura back in the day, man. So, so good. Top three heel announcers ever are Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan, and then I'd say Jerry the King Lawler is third. I mean, Heenan, Heenan literally might be the funniest guy ever in wrestling. I mean, he's just so funny. The story Aaron the story Anderson told about him, just uh, was it him or was it uh, Fuji that just peed on somebody's leg in the lobby? Did you listen? He's I don't like, think I heard that episode. He's like, they're just sitting there trying to check in. All of a sudden, they, they look down, and they're just taking a leak right on his leg. It's <laughs> like, God. Is there anything that would top those two matches for Hogan? Hogan, Hogan Rock was a That's a big one. Big one. Not for a title, though. No. You know what? That This is where Hogan and, and Hogan and Flair never had a WrestleMania moment. And, and this is another one of Vince just outthinking himself and... When you had them there, how is that not a WrestleMania main event? That's, t- that's the one. I'll tell you one that's there for Hogan, mm-hmm. but they flubbed the creative of it, and that was Hogan Sting Hogan at Sting's, Starcade yeah. 97. Completely rude. The build for that and everything mm-hmm. was wrestling perfection. A year and a half to get to that point. Yeah. And, and, and I think it may have since been surpassed, but I, that was one of the like most bought pay-per-views Everybody of bought all time. And then and then they just they flubbed it with with everything. Yeah, because they just they couldn't. The Nick it. Patrick supposed to be a fast three count. He didn't, that wasn't a fast three. He didn't count. fast count. And then why do that? It just st- all you why have, not just put Sting over? Like you, put, you no. put Sting over, and then the next six months are WCW turning the tide on the NWO. It's about having a face stable, right? You get 
the giant Luger, Sting, and DDP, and the Horsemen pushing back against the NWO, and then you start breaking up the NWO, and it, it wrote itself. They could still be in business. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you, you, did you hear the, uh, I think it was Bischoff's podcast, talking about that Starcade And, like, Sting was supposedly, like, not tan yeah. and out of shape, kind of. And, like, they just didn't think that he looked the part of somebody that could beat Hogan I mean, or something like that. And they just kind of overthought that. They the overthought it. Shebang. Yeah. I don't care what he looks like. Nobody yeah. cared. He looked good enough. Yeah. Go out there and- I didn't notice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, the Ginger Beard Man says, All circumstances aside, you can extend one wrestler's career. Owen Hart, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, anyone, to give him Magnum T.A. It's a good That's choice. That's a good choice. I'm going to go Owen Hart. Owen Hart, Owen Hart, his career, he, he would have been one of the top stars. The best was still in front of him. Yeah. I'm not willing to do I, anything I, for Benoit after watching that dark side. I'm like, yeah. wash my hands of that. Yeah. Eddie is an intriguing choice just because he he was such an entertainer. There's no telling what he could have done in the years that followed his death if he, if he didn't die, you know, and, yeah. and could have kept trucking. He was so good. Yeah, yeah. And Owen Hart, though, I is think anybody we're missing answer. in here that was still at the top of their game when they passed away. Well, I'm not or, just or thinking about. Hurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of people that had to retire early too. I mean, you could have put Edge here if this was yeah. a month, you know, three or four months ago, yeah, yeah. and you didn't know he was coming back. Yeah, but, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, Austin is one that if the Ludwig neck. Ludwig Borga. No. Okay. <laughs> If Austin's neck and stuff hadn't started yeah. getting up to him, I mean, he could have had another few years left yeah. in him. Yeah, but he—it's hard to say he could—he couldn't have gotten any bigger than he was. No, he couldn't. So, uh, yeah. all right, Stephen, has there ever been a more hostile crowd than the CM Punk versus Cena match in Chicago? Top five match of all time. There is there is one that comes right to my mind. That's more hostile. Cena RVD. That's at, the one. Yeah, at, at uh, ECW, ECW One Night, Night Stand, Stand Six. I thought they were going to kill Cena. I, yeah. I literally thought like the fans. I mean, were the, the, ring. the sign and the if Cena wins, we riot. Yeah. I really think they would have. <laughs> and then you had that. You had. Uh, I mean, they were chanting "F you, Cena!" really loud. And then he kept throwing his, his shirt in the crowd. People were spitting into it, snotting into it, and throwing it back to it. It was just brutal. the The crowd was also about angle for Orton in that on that pay per view. They just they killed Orton. Yeah. So yeah, that that's probably the. I mean, you got to watch those old ECW ones. Or like when Jerry Lawler showed up at ECW, and I mean, I, that was nearly a riot. Or or when Bubba Ray Dudley, when the Dudleys went off at, uh, is it a heat wave? Not, go find some of that stuff. I mean, I mean it, it's a different level because profanity brings brings things up a little bit. So ECW had that over WCW, but the, the or WWE, but that's the, the, Cena, the Cena RVD match to me is, is the most hostile crowd ever, ever. So, all right, and that's it. So, all right, good questions. That was yeah. that was enjoyable. Fun always, little show. Always fun to talk about the business that we call professional, professional wrestling. wrestling. All right, <laughs> I don't know what uh, next week's rumblings are going to be, but we'll certainly think about something fun. Uh, try to bring everybody back into the fold. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, tomorrow's show. Uh, not only do we have the bracket, but we've got a little bit of a surprise. I'll just go ahead and tell you, Wes Ray will join us on tomorrow's podcast. Another Bulldog Rewind. We're going to talk about the classic Super Bulldog Weekend 2014 game where State comes back from the dead in front of a record crowd. 
one of the lasting images of that game for me mm-hmm. is the random guy. I'd have no idea just who Just hanging is. over just the side. Ha- just, just, just like straddling the fence with his yeah. arms up. That GIF. Isn't that, it? I think it's a GIF. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that that was I was in the press box for that one and let me tell you that's as crazy before that might be the craziest ending for a baseball game that I ever saw prior to this last college world series in the Auburn game. That was pre Joel beat writing days. So, yeah, so you're I, probably just out enjoying it. I was sitting in the box seats there, actually by the old miss dugout, because that was where I usually sat. Oh, so you heard that boom really loud um, when so, Sykes Orvis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was uh that's a I, game. I, I uh, may or may not have enjoyed that. 15,586 were there. 500,272 will tell you they were there. <laughs> so we'll talk to Big Country, Wes Ray, on tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning. Guys, have a great Tuesday, Wednesday. Back with you on Thursday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, Ooh. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.